Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, yeah. Better than this. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do this shit. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Tuesday, Takes on Takes edition of the show. Kyle, somebody tweeted at us last week and said, last week's Takes on Takes was the best we've ever done, and so the bar has been set very high to eclipse the show we put together last Tuesday. Welcome. Big, big facts. I agree wholeheartedly. It was a great show. And, and then we followed it with a great water cooler Wednesday and then two tear makers. Right. So, I mean, we might, one of which was an hour and five minutes. We might be hitting our stride, Kyle. We may have finally got there. 538 episodes in. We're locked in there. <laughs> Is that how many draft dudes we have? Um, it's somewhere in that general yeah. ballpark. Yeah. Right. It's over 520. Great. It's a lot. It's a lot. All right, so how are we doing? You want the first one? You want the, What do you want to do here? I'm going to give you the first one. That's probably good. I want the second one. Right, good. Uh, so this is a tattle take, yeah? Yeah, we got a few not, this week. It's what? not labeled as a tattle take, but it's it's. A, I'm assuming it's a tattle take. It is. I, I manipulated it slightly, so just go well, with it. Why don't you manipulate and label them correctly for once? We seem to pull this off every week, don't we? Turned in by Lawrence. The take is by Brett Coleman. Uh, change my view. I guess that's like a spin on change my mind. The Cowboys had the deepest and arguably best overall roster in the NFC last year, but were held back from winning it all by their quarterback and head coach. And they are about to waste their window by doubling down on that weakness. Now, Joe, before you give an answer to that, we do have our intern Cassandra in the chat room with us. Not going to bring her on the air right now, but she is a Cowboys fan, and I can hear her seething from here. Please do not upset the intern. It's her first day. Oh, boy. Um, okay. No pressure. Didn't know that. Well, I knew she was here. I didn't know that she was uh, Cowboys. But No uh, pressure. Yeah. Uh, so, no, the, the Cowboys did not have the deepest roster in the NFC last year. That honor belonged to either the Saints or the Rams. And so with that in mind, I guess the rest of this take doesn't really matter, but I think that they win. They, I don't think that they're held back because of their quarterback and head coach, but I don't, I think those are more coaches and a coach and a quarterback that you can win with, not the reason why you win. So could, could they, could Dak and Jason Garrett slightly be limiting? Yes, but I don't think it's a, like a, it's crippling. They're not, they're not transcendent coaches or quarterbacks like a Brady or Belichick or not a Rodgers or a Breeze or a Sean Payton. They're not on that tier. But I'm not saying that they're limited by them or that they're not achieving what they can as a football team because of them. They can win with them, and I think it's fine. Brownstown Andy, Kyle, this one is very much for you because I have no opinion on the matter. Uh, says the original Avengers is still the best in the series. I'm going to agree with this take. And the only reason I'll agree with this take is because the way that Endgame ended and the loss that we incurred, the character that was lost and turned into 
the the savior of the Avengers. Joe, I don't want to spoil anything because I assume if it's like Game of Thrones and you actually try no. it, you might like it. Brother. So I don't want to ruin that for you, brother. I will say <laughs> the original Avengers, the culmination of seeing all these movies that kind of led to the first introduction of all these characters together and that they're uniting uh, is really, really cool. And I think from that sentiment, it, it is the best in the series still. Dylan uh, McKeague turns in Maddie V. Maddie gets a weekly take. I don't. I think he got more than he bargained for on this one. <laughs> <laughs> the Redskins will make the playoffs this season if they stay healthy and Dwayne Haskins has a strong rookie year. You know, look, Maddie V. Him and I actually recently had a DM exchange about the course to the playoffs for the Redskins, and I thought we both kind of agreed that there really isn't one for Washington this year. First well, of all, he's changed his mind. Well, he must have, because first of all, they're not winning the NFC East. The Cowboys and Eagles are clearly the ca- the class of this division. And I don't think they're on the same tier. So that course is out. And now you're telling me that they're going to win a wild card spot. The NFC is too freaking competitive to even consider the Redskins in that mix. I'm sorry, Washington, you're not making the postseason. And for the fourth year in a row, you finish third in the NFC East. You, you need 11 wins to, to make it as a wild card this year. Ain't happening. Not Washington. Not It doesn't matter who their quarterback is. Unless you're Adam Rank. Adam Rank had the Seahawks go 12-4 and four and have them, had them as the sixth seed. That's a better – I think it's more likely that Seattle goes 12-4 and four than the Redskins do make and it. And it's the sixth seed? Well, I mean, if you're 12 and four in the sixth seed, then we got. I mean, that's just bonkers. That I mean, you're assuming that the the Rams are like 13 and three, and then the lowest they could be is the fifth seed at 12 and four. So there's a wild card team better than 12 and four in the NFC in that scenario. I think that's just ridiculous. I think he had both the Packers and Seahawks go 12 and four, and neither won their division. I think this dude has a math problem on his hands because <laughs> I, I I don't think that can happen. <laughs> All right, Jared Feinberg, Kyle, he says uh, he says in two years and year two of the Scott Frost regime, Nebraska will win the Big Ten West, and Adrian Martinez will become the best quarterback in college football, not named Trevor Lawrence. It is spicy today from Jared. What do you got, Kyle? Did Wisconsin uh, transfer out or what? Evidently. <laughs> Wisconsin's had like the best record in the last five years in the Big Ten West by like 18 games or something like that. They're not going anywhere and they still are, are fully capable of running the football. And uh, th- this freshman quarterback recruit that they have is apparently uh, not certified cheeks, which will be a nice upgrade for them at the quarterback position. So uh, I'm selling this take. I, I love Scott Frost as much as the next guy, but to win the big 10 West in year two, and Adrian Martinez is the best college football quarterback not named Trevor Lawrence, is very aggressive. And it's too aggressive for me. It's too rich for my blood. Brownstown Andy. Apparently you're giving this guy a lot of love. What the hell, Joe? I'm looking at the list here. You got six of the first seven takes are from repeats. Okay, well, let's go. What are you doing? You got two from, from Brownstown. You're sending Andy. good stuff. I'll put it on the show. You got two from Matty V. You got two from Dylan McKeague. Yeah, well, after the after the, the break, there's a lot of variety, so let's oh go. Oh, my goodness. 
With Odell Beckham Jr. drawing the attention of defenses, Antonio Callaway will be the breakout wide receiver of the year. Hashtag takes on takes. Funny way to spell Rashard Higgins, you know? Yeah, it's true. Uh, <laughs> Big facts. <laughs> no, I think Rashard Higgins is, is the breakout guy. We saw some flashes of that last year, 572 yards. In Hollywood. Yeah, I mean, I think he's the guy that's really going to thrive from an improved Browns offense in year two under Freddie Kitchens. Uh, in Baker Mayfield. So give me Rashard Higgins as the Browns breakout wide receiver. Um, I'm not a big Antonio Callaway guy. I think he's flashy, but the snap to snap consistency is really going to limit him. And I think those, those looks will start going to more reliable players like Rashard Higgins. Uh, Matty V Kyle, Matty V says LSU will have more defensive players drafted than Alabama in the 2020 NFL draft. Hashtag Matt's weekly takes. Now, is this Matt's weekly take saying LSU will have more defensive players than all of Alabama or just Alabama's defense? You'd have to believe he meant to say Alabama's defense. Okay, I just want to you know make sure before I sign myself up. Well, Alabama's defense has McKinney, who's a stud, Moses, who's a stud, and Raquan Davis, who's a stud. And they also have uh, Anthony Jennings, who went back to school. So you're probably going to get four guys there. LSU's defense will have Delpit, Divinity, uh, Christian Fulton. So we're at three. Richard Lawrence, right? Richard Lawrence is four. Jacob Phillips is a junior linebacker, but I don't think he's good enough to leave early. That would have been five. Kerry Vincent is another corner there. He played some nickel last year, but was sparing because of mm. the, they had Greedy Williams. I can't imagine that he leaves. I think it's going to be a push. I just don't think LSU – I mean, LSU would have to have like one or two juniors that have phenomenal seasons and are coming off very minimal production in 2018 and be one-and-done type guys as far as production that uh, would make this come into reality. I think this is a push, but it's a good debate. Our next take comes from – uh, Dylan McKee, another one from Dylan. Just wanted to let y'all know, my guy, using y'all. I love it. Michigan's offense is going to let it rip this year. New offensive coordinator from Alabama, elite talent at wide receiver. It's going to be like the year Publix Buffalo tender subs came out. Uh, I, don't, uh, I, I don't get that part of the reference, so you, that's all on you. You've had the pub sub. I've seen you consume this. It's in true. Tampa, it's it's a wonderful sub, and I have a Publix within a mile of my house, and I frequent it quite often for this purpose. Yeah, so Josh Gaddis comes in one year as a receivers coach uh, at over at, at uh, Alabama, previously with, at Penn State. Uh, I, I certainly think you're going to see a stylistic difference, obviously, from this Michigan offense, and I think that's exactly what they need to do because John or Jim Harbaugh is going to kind of you know, push for double-digit wins, have a couple of disappointing losses, and not really make the push that I think he's expected to make. And and eventually, you know, the 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 AD is going to grow tired of that, and the fan base is going to go tired of that. And I think it's a critical year for them. And I think that the opportunity for them to win the Big Ten is wide open for Michigan this year, more so than it has been in previous years. And so, yeah, I mean, the receiver talent, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Tariq Black, Nico Collins, a stacked offensive line. I mean, Shea Patterson, say what you want about him. He's an experienced player that has had moments in this Josh Gaddis system. 
I think this Michigan offense is going to be better this year. All right, next one comes from Mantis Toboggan. Kyle, I'm not sure if you knew this or not, but that comes from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So does the Dennis system. Oh, good. Well, that's why you're, I hope you know what this means because Mantis Toboggan says the Dennis system is the best system to pick up chicks. Yeah, so this is a um, – this is a uh, – trying to think. It's a acronym. Is that the word I'm looking for? Uh, yes. It's like each one stands for something, yeah. an acronym. Yeah. All right, so I thought figured the best way to outline this for you, Joe, because you have no idea what this means, right? Of course not, but I do have it up on Google, so I do now. Okay, so I have the – it's always sunny.fandom.com for the dentist system. And I'm just going to read it out loud. Uh, and it provides an example for each one of the stages along Dennis's system for picking up chicks. Uh, Dennis pr- uh, demonstrate value is D Dennis pretended to purchase medications for his ill grandmother from Kaylee. He then proceeded to E engage physically by taking her on a cheap date to a closed restaurant with the backup plan of pizza and a movie. Uh, Nurture dependence. Dennis prank called her as an angry neighbor, threatening her, and she grew to need Dennis. So then he proceeded to N, neglect emotionally, continued to prank call her, but not show up for her, causing her to fall into emotional distress. The eyes inspire hope. He showed up at her window, telling her that he was afraid to love and that she cured him. And then the S is separate entirely in which you bail on the system. And I would just like to say, no, (laughs) in the real world, this is not a very good way to pick up chicks. You know what is a good way to pick up chicks, Joe? Be yourself. Don't be an a-hole. So it works for everybody but you, right? Wow. Well, I know we're getting into my douchebaggery later down. I saw somebody had that take for us to talk about. Can't (laughs) wait. That'll be fun. Take from Trevor Joseph. Shit. After defeating SMU, Cal, and Houston, Mason Fine will open enough eyes to move out of the subaltern tier of quarterbacks and square into the pack of day three, day day two, day three quarterback options. Hashtag takes on takes. Hashtag new, cabula- new vocabulary for Joe. Okay, so first of all, we need to address what subaltern means. And uh, the adjective is of lower status. So lower tier quarterbacks. So uh, now that I know what that means, SMU, Cal, and Houston, Mason Fine, that's the North Texas quarterback, will open up Correct. and move out of the, the lower tier quarterbacks. That must be the early portion of their schedule has those three in it. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, those are some pretty aggressive wins for North Texas, right? Like if they were to win that, those – Mason Fine, I haven't done any work on them, um, but – I mean, he's probably a middle-of-the-pack guy. Have you done any work on Mason Fine? I will admit that I have not, but I know uh, Jordan Reed has. Yeah, I know Jordan so we'll has. Have so to, we'll have to grill Jordan after the podcast and, and figure out exactly where he stands with him and then do some work of our own. I think the important thing here is that we learn what the word subaltern means. Of course. Right. Uh, all right, Trent says, caring for what numbers – players wear based on their position and debating if that will make them good or bad is just astrology for football guys. No, this is real life science, right? When's the last time you saw a good corner wearing a number that starts with four? Never happened. Never. 
Jason Seahorn wear 42? No, that was fair. <laughs> no, he didn't. Or did he? Uh, looking him up right now. 31. 31? Yeah. Well, he's still pushing it with a number that starts with three. Oh, you could be a good quarter corner wear a number in the 30s. What about the high 30s? Not great. Yeah. When's the last time you saw a good corner wear a number that starts with a four? Never. This is science. This is not just astrology, okay? Although I will like to point out, I do have a lot of character qualities that mirror my Aries persona in astrology. Do you even know what sign you are? Not a clue. All right. Well, take from Admiral Turpy. (laughs) Joe Mixon is a top five running back in terms of talent. He absolutely is. No question about it. Charlie Gross turned in Travis Wingfield, the esteemed host of Locked On Dolphins, who said, oh boy, uh, this is a random mid-June thought from Travis Wingfield. He said, the ideal quarterback scenario for the Dolphins would be Tagovailoa, Fromm, and Love all returning to school for their senior seasons would give Miami two years to find out about Rosen ahead of what could be the greatest quarterback class of all time. Okay, so assuming all three of those guys go back to school. The 2021 class is comprised of Trevor Lawrence, Tua Tagovailoa, Jake Fromm, Jordan Love. I'm missing anybody especially. Evidently Adrian Martinez. Adrian Martinez, yes, that's true. Um, Fields. Yeah, Fields. Yeah. I don't know if I see like three Hall of Famers from that class. How many Hall of Famers do we get from the 83 class? Uh, several, I think, right? At least two, because we got Jim and Dan. Uh, let's see. Uh, also in that class was... was like John Elway, Jim was in Kelly, that class. Tony, John Elway. Dan Marino. Yeah, pretty good. I've got a take for you, Joe. Yeah. John Elway's the third best quarterback in that class. Dan Marino from at grinding or John Elway is the third best quarterback in that class. That's a take from at grinding the tape. No, he's the second best. He might be. Wait, really? John Elway. You think he's the third? So you're putting, are you putting Marino and Kelly ahead of him? Yes. Oh boy. John Elway's better than Jim Kelly. By a lot. Not by a lot, but he's, I think that, I think that would be a consensus take that people would say John Elway was a better NFL quarterback than Jim Kelly. I mean, Jim Kelly, Jim Kelly was the original, like in terms of what modern offenses are with the K gun, like, I mean, kind of a pioneer in that type of offense in terms of what the NFL saw, but I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, John, John Elway won a couple Super Bowls and, I know it's a different era, but John had two seasons with over 20 touchdown passes until 1995 when he was in the league for 12 years. He was a late bloomer. John also had two two seasons. It took John 10 seasons to have a season in which he completed 60% of his passes. What? what so t- tell me why Jim Kelly's a better quarterback than John Elway in the, in the all-time He's scope. Got a of better games. passer.
I, this is a, this is big. This is a big one to put me on the spot with. I need to think about this more. You think about it, but it was just a thought that crossed my mind as we were talking about it. And we're saying Dan Marino is the undisputed best quarterback from 1983. Yeah, Uncle Dan. Uncle Dan runs in the family. Greatness runs in the family. Joe. Right. Right. Um. So no, I do. I don't think even if you got Lawrence and the four names that. Travis mentioned in the same class. I still don't think that's the best because I don't like Fromm and love has a lot to prove still. Um, Oliver take from Oliver. We got a lot of takes left. Let's put the gas down. Here we go. If it were not for the mileage he racked up over the years at Wisconsin, Jonathan Taylor would be right up there with Swift and ETN in the fight for RB one. I'm not sure that I would discriminate against Jonathan Taylor in terms of of mileage, I, I think it's something that to, that plays into the equation. In addition to twelve fumbles, right, so far throughout his career, he's a little loose with the ball. But I just think that Etn and Swift are like really special backs, and I, I think that Taylor Taylor's a really good back. I think he's uh, probably top fifty talent. But I think that Swift and Etn are like first round caliber players. So I just think like talent wise, they're in slightly different tiers. But that's no slight on Jonathan Taylor. I think he's a great football player. I just don't know that he's on the same level as Swift and Etn. Right. Josiah Graham says Jeffrey Akuda has the potential to be the next first round cornerback to come out of Ohio State along the lines of Lattimore, Ward, and Conley. Yeah. He's their best corner last year. So I think that's a, a very solid take. And Ohio State's got a great pedigree for it. So uh can definitely see Okuda really taking that the that next step and being the next high end top twenty five type talent coming out of Ohio State to play corner. Take from Otto. Uh, free advice, rookies. Make plus minus list of household duties and decide what you don't want to do early on. Offer to do the other stuff. Really mess it up. Eventually, she'll take it on and free you up to do tasks you really want. Father-in-law's takes on takes to me at grinding the tape. Uh, so I've, I've um, purposely not done well with a few tasks that I don't enjoy doing and they have not gotten you uh, out of it, gotten me out of it. Yeah. I, yeah. So Listen, I don't, it's not till death to its part is a long time, brother. You still got plenty of race ahead of you. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I get criticized on a daily, almost daily basis on how I put the trash bag in the trash bin because I does don't it, air it does out. It, does it stay in the bag and in the bin? Oh, it does, but I don't air it out, and it's that is restrictive to the amount of trash that it can contain. That's not true. You just got to take your foot and stuff that sucker down in there. Trash compactor that. No, I leave like a bubble of air on the sides. I'm trying to give you. I'm trying to give you the benefit of the doubt here. Oh no, I know what I'm doing. You just don't want the bag to be super heavy. No, I or just you, don't feel lazy. Like, you're lazy. I, I don't want to take the extra time to get the air out from the sides of the between the the outside of the bag in the trash can. I don't want to spend any time doing that. I don't want to put my hand in there. I don't want to. The joys of working from home, right? <laughs> well, and, and the other thing is I got to get better <laughs> about the dishes, but I've been working on that for how old am I? Thirty years now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Dakota Miller says Aaron Jones will get 200 plus carries and still maintain his five and a half yards per carry on average in Matt LaFleur's system in 2019. I'm counting the postseason as well. 
I think the postseason's a better bet than averaging five and a half yards per carry over 200 carries. That's a ton of production. What are you looking up? I hear those fingers. Go I up. was looking to see what like the normal, the normal, uh, like who led the league in yards per carry and like if this is achievable. Which I, I think have now. I think this is very aggressive. Okay, so yeah, this is really no. Okay, so Christian McCaffrey had the highest yards per carry for any back with over 200. And he had 219 and he had five yards per carry. Saquon Barkley, 261, had five yards per carry. Nobody else in the league, no, nobody that had over 200 carries averaged more than five yards per carry. So that that is very aggressive for Aaron Jones. Out next. Um, you have to get Jeremy's take because I'm not answering this take about myself. Okay. Jeremy says, Kyle just completed the ultimate douchebag starter pack with the purchase of his Ford Mustang. <laughs> I, don't, I, I never thought of, of a Ford Mustang as a douchey vehicle. I, I, I didn't. So I, I don't understand that piece of it. Um, well, it's apparently a Kyle thing. Kyle's with their monster energy drinks and punching <laughs> holes in drywall and drive Mustangs and all this other stuff I didn't know like was a thing. It's a thing. What's what's a douchey car for someone to drive? I've never looked at somebody's car and thought they were douchey other than people with freaking ridiculously large pickup trucks with oversized wheels and like accessories. I think what, those are douchey yeah. people. Yeah, what about the uh the uh, Volkswagen Beetles that had the eyelashes on it for a girl? Yeah. That was a red flag. That was just, you know, you didn't want yeah, that you, type you of crazy. Run, brother. Right. That's what that was. Thank you for having that car. I know not to talk to you. Right. Is that the, so you, is that the female equivalent of the, of the ridiculous pickup trucks? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> oh God. No, I mean, I think that what I, I don't think that your douchebag status was confirmed or not confirmed based on your purchase of a Ford Mustang. That's my opinion on the matter. Okay. Uh, I like this one from Jordan. He says, uh, regarding the Carolina Panthers, Carolina will rue the day uh, that Marty passed on future perennial pro bowlers, Cody Ford and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson for Greg Little and Will Greer. Big facts. Yeah, I agree. No it's question. A take. It's a good take. Um, all right. Take from RJ Scorpion. Even with Greedy Williams being the starter, Drew Forbes, yes, Drew Forbes will be the best value pick for the Cleveland Browns. Really? Uh, no. Are you expecting anything out of Drew Forbes? No, I'm not. Especially not this year. Right, yeah. Uh, he's interesting, right? He's got some physical gifts. Had decent tape at Southeastern Missouri State. But, I mean, I think that Greedy Williams is in a perfect situation to find success and really uh, uh, be a steal in the second round. Uh, last one here, Kyle. Take us home. Oliver Allen turned in Jordan Reed, our colleague at the Draft Network. Jordan said, I think Jameis Winston is going to have a career year. I love the fit with Arians. Arians has a history of turning around quarterbacks who were once turnover machines, and he listed Peyton Manning, Big Ben, Andrew Luck, and Carson Palmer all turned the corner with Arians. I mean, I don't see any lies here. Do you? Right, I, yeah, I think it's a very exciting pairing. So, Yeah. Uh, I think this is facts from Jordan. I do have one more take, Joe. Oh, boy. I know. Uh, somebody had asked me, uh, what 
throw stands out to you over your course of watching football that was the most like wow throw you've ever experienced? Oh, that's uh, it's Aaron Rodgers along the sideline to Jared Cook. Do you remember was this that throw? the play? Was that the Dallas playoff game? I, I think so. Our, oh no, Cassandra in the the room with us, Joe. What did she Poor say, Cassandra? Nothing, but it, we're talking about the Cowboys in that that divisional oh. round playoff loss. <laughs> Dad's caught it. <laughs> wow, really ingratiating yourself with the intern. Uh, not that. What is this play? It's it's the it's along the sideline. The most ridiculous pinpoint here. I have it up right now. It's, it was it the is, two minute drill against Dallas that got, put him in position to kick the field goal and win the game. I'm watching it right now. I don't know that this was the playoffs. He rolls left, eyes in the middle of the field, eyes to the far right, comes back to his far left, sees Jared Cook going towards the sideline, on the run, to his left, an absolute laser along the sidelines in a place that only Aaron Rodgers can put it, beat Byron Jones in coverage here. I have no idea if this is a playoff game, but it's the best throw I've ever seen. Uh, I have I have one from last year. The Baker Mayfield touchdown, I think it was against the Panthers. Yeah, I was sick. That when was he was sick. Fa- fading left and he dropped that, yeah. that was a phenomenal throw. That's one um, of those that didn't make sense. Right, right. What does make sense is we're going to wrap this up because we're 32 minutes in, which is pretty good for the amount of takes that we had. <laughs> yes, it was. We had 20 takes. Very proud of ourselves. So want to thank you guys for tuning in to the Draft Dudes podcast. You have takes for next week. Go ahead and uh, send them to us. Joe is at the Joe Marino. I am at Grinding the Tape. Hit subscribe on the podcast. See us again. We're back for Water Cooler Wednesday tomorrow when we just shoot the shit, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to have a good time with it. Talk some football. Talk some not football. Uh, You guys want to make sure you don't miss it. It's a good way to uh, get through the middle of the week. We will talk with you all again tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.